Investing insights with Right Property Group. Exploring trends in real estate and helping property investors gain financial security. G'day, how's it going? Phil Tarrant here, co-host of Investing Insights with the Right Property Group and uh, another month, uh, another episode and uh, this is, and I've mentioned it a couple of times, um, you've been tuning into this uh, as a real highlight for me. Love working in property, I love the people that work in property and I'm very fortunate that I get to host the Smart Property Investment Show which allows me to speak to investors but I'm very conscious that sometimes we don't go as deep as we would like on some of the sort of sophisticated topics around property investment. I'm conscious also that I'm not a property investment advisor, so I know my space, I know what I can do well and what I shouldn't be doing, and hence the reason why we've created this particular podcast, the Investors Insights with the Right Property Group, to actually do those type of things. And I'm very fortunate, and we've been at this for a couple of years now, to have joined forces with two gentlemen who... For me, um, are the people I turn to for insights and analysis around property on at least a weekly basis, sometimes a daily basis, uh, Steve Waters and Victor Kumar, they're directors at the Right Property Group. And this allows me to actually do these deep dive chats into a lot of the complicated, more sophisticated strategies and tactics and just philosophies around being an effective property investor. So here we are again, this time, this month. We're going to get into something which I think is absolutely pertinent, particularly with what is an environment of a lot of fake news, miscommunication, lack of information, fear, uncertainty, all of these sort of adjectives that everyone's banding around right now because of this COVID-19 market and whether or not property is a good asset class. We're going to get stuck into it. Back to basics. Stephen Victor, how are you? You well? It is good to be back again in in this studio anyway, because you've got the best view literally in the world. It's not bad, is it? It's pretty good. It's Absolutely. Nice and we get the free coffee over here when we come in here anyway. <laughs> Nothing's right, so. a free, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, here, I'm here to extract all the information out of you that people typically pay for. So <laughs> if anything, I'm burgling your insights and giving it away for nothing is what I'm doing. Yeah. As you were doing the intro, which was pretty cool, but there was a few falsities in it, like, you know, fake news. Is that you? I'm yeah. real news. Oh, you're real news. I'm the real PT. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to stick, the real PT. You like that? I did, actually. I really like it. It's, um, <laughs> but com. It's, but it's true. You know, we're, we're in an environment right now, gents, of whether it, fake news is a real Trumpism, right? It's been hijacked um, around the, the last American election, fake news. But there's a lot of work going on to this right now where the amount of information out there in the Ethernet, internet of information, there is so many people who deliberately manipulate information for their own gain or benefit, which is completely wrong. And it's funny, Jobs, the Apple CEO, talks about or talked about prior to his death, joining the dots. It's only when you get to a point in life that you can go back and work out how you got there. I did my, you don't know this, so I did my undergraduate thesis, Steve, on propaganda and, and how propaganda has been used to manipulate outcomes. See, this and, amazes me because I've yeah. known you now for, what, a decade? Yeah. A, I didn't even know that you were capable of a thesis. I know, you would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> I think thesis involves thought, right? Yeah. And the second part of this is propaganda. Propaganda. It's- uh, And so do, when you- yeah, co- do when tell. You, I, now I'm interested. This will be the podcast, well, propaganda. Propaganda. When you connect the dots, it brings you to journalism, well, doesn't it? it? Yeah. <laughs> but therein lies fake news, right? Yeah. So how people who are artful in communication can use that communication for good or bad. You know, and fake news very much is about people using information and communication for their own purpose and being fake means for inappropriate things. So, see, weapons of mass destruction. Who would have thought that the word is 
mightier than the sword. <laughs> well, luckily, um, uh, journalistic integrity is central to what I do, and I like to think I'm the provider of real information. But to my original point in the introduction, um, I know where I should go and shouldn't go, and I'm not a property professional. I work in property, I in the media or communication side of things, but I make sure I speak to the right people to get real information. It's the reason why we do this. Can we just go back to the whole thesis thing here because mm. my head's still spinning? Can you make that publicly available? Oh, I could probably find it somewhere. I'd, yeah. I would really like to read it. But everyone uses propaganda all the time. What do you think social media is? It's propaganda. Why do people post on social media? Why do they do it? I don't know. You did the thesis, you tell me. I know, but like, well, why? Why? <laughs> like, why? Why do you think people post stuff on social media? I truly don't know because I don't. You don't? No, not personally. Yeah. But people post stuff on social media because they want people to think a particular way about them. Mm-hmm. It's simple. That's all it is. It's propaganda. But True. see, propaganda has a, a negative connotation because Instantly. most people think propaganda is bad. communication for bad rather than, but PR is information for good. It's the same thing. Well, so are you putting PR and propaganda in the same basket? It's communication. So it's communication. Yeah. PR, most people look for PR for positive outcomes, positive communication to shape an opinion about something. That's what propaganda is. See, I like that because even if you look within our industry, because that's what we're here to talk about. Property is probably the biggest merchants of propaganda in Australia. Yeah. Well, I think it is. I truly do think- Fills every newspaper. Well, whether it's good, bad or ugly. Mm. and. If we use the word propaganda, it wasn't too long ago that every newspaper, every first 10 pages was about how you become a gazillionaire in property, which then created FOMO Mm. in combination with social media and Mm -hmm. the like and the other platforms. And then the switches flicked the other way. And it wouldn't be a week go past where we rung up by journalists to give an opinion and without mentioning one particular media platform. (laughs) Not us. No, no, it wasn't you. (laughs) Why didn't you call? uh, (laughs) But they said to me, um, what can you tell us about what's going on at the moment? And I started to talk about what I said. And I said, no, 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 give me the bad news, please. What's mm-hmm. Where's the blood on the streets? And I said, well, you asked for my opinion. I'm giving it to you. And they said, that's not what we want. And that was they, the end, that was the end of the sells. interview. Yeah. yeah, It was just they want what and, they want. And there you go. So, you know, the media and the media today encapsulates TV, radio, streaming, newspapers, podcasts, whatever it is, that the mechanisms for how information is disseminated, inverted commas, the media, is largely responsible for shaping the direction of property markets in Australia. It's I agree. Cool, but that's the way it now, works. I agree with that because with the advent of social media, that has brought forward a lot of newly coined phrases, a lot of new strategies as such in inverted commas, a lot of big wins. And equally importantly, if you look at it from a newspaper point of view, how property market is going to crash by 30%, 40% you know, every time. Uh, there's even a small movement in the negative in market. There's this particular professor that comes up and says it's going to crash and it's going to crash by 40, 50%, which so far he hasn't. If he keeps on saying that, it may at some point in time. But that's what Property has become, because the news is instantaneous, the propaganda, as you say, Mm. is easily propagated in that sense. And if we drill back to before Facebook, this sort of propaganda wasn't as instantaneous because we're talking either the um, radio media, TV, or newspapers, largely newspapers, and even property investment magazines as Mm. such, right? So there were were a lot of property investment magazines or quasi-magazines as well back then, and I'm talking well over 20 years ago, right? And um, the way to transmit the information was far slower. So a fad 
died really quickly because that's what it is, the mm. fad, right? So it died really quickly because it wasn't able to be transmitted as quickly. When you bring it to today's market, if there is a bit of news that's talk-worthy and, and it passes the, in inverted commas, the pub test in the sense that it creates that conversation or allows someone to feel and sound knowledgeable, it goes through like wildfire. And it doesn't take a lot of money to make that no. happen because you know, with some clever marketing and the social media platforms, you could throw four or $5,000. Yep. Information now is completely democratised. You know, mm, back mm, 20 years mm-hmm. ago, it was largely controlled. Information was largely controlled in the hands of a number of individuals or organisations. Now, communication, the ability to influence mm-hmm. opinion or shape behaviour is completely democratised. And social media has been a huge enabler for that, for good and for bad. But yep. putting that within the context of property, that means that the people who previously didn't have a voice or a large voice can buy that quite cheaply. Absolutely. And this is where the property investor needs to be very, very careful. Now, mm-hmm. going back to what I do, and I say I'm not a, a property investment specialist, but I work within the ecosystem. I'm fortunate I can aggregate and curate those ideas, and that's what I, I like to do, and that's my role. But we have huge influence in shaping what people think or feel about property, which will determine buying behaviours or habits, good or bad. So mm-hmm. you've got to be really conscious of it. You know, And that lends itself to the thrust of this particular conversation, Victor, is Back to basics. You're back to basics. The basics of property investment should be largely independent of what's happening in the media. Absolutely. Should be largely independent of what's happening in the economy. Should be largely independent with what's whatever happening with a, a pandemic or a global financial crisis. The basics are the basics and they don't really deviate over time. No, absolutely Fair. they don't. Yes, certainly small adjustments as opportunities arise with different market conditions, but the basics don't change in that yeah, sense. Yeah, there, there are small nuances within the basic principle, I and whether that be trends, as an example, but true trends, not sort of made up trends via media platforms and the like, but you still need to isolate the components yep. so that at any one point in time, firstly, you understand it, and secondly, you're able to act upon whatever that moment in time is for you, even if it means doing nothing. Yeah, and make it pertinent to yourself and your situation. And a well-educated decision at that, and unfortunately, because of you know, propaganda, that's what we shall refer to it from this moment on. This uh, is the Propaganda Podcast. <laughs> oh, take that name. That's pretty good. By the purveyors of propaganda, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Hosted by Phil Tarrant. Yeah, thesis. But unfortunately, it's not that complicated and people have a tendency to overcomplicate it hmm. to perhaps justify the expense and everything else that goes along with it. So by coming back to basics, it's just in its raw form. Mm. Mm. And that's what's important. Yeah. And I think given the amount of information, the different strategies in inverted commas that's out there because of social media, this is, if you can draw a parallel back to 2019 when we could go away on holidays and we could go on big holidays. Right? Way back then. Way back then, right? <laughs> back um, in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> so most people would go on a holiday via a travel agent who are going for a big holiday, right? So they go via a travel agent. So they're being sent to a destination the travel agent's never been to. So they are basically dependent on the rating, the um, TripAdvisor rating and uh, what sort of incentives they could get in terms of discounts and all that sort of stuff to send people there. Whereas true investing is really, you need to have a tour guide. Someone that's been there, Someone who can say, I've been here 10 years ago and these are the changes that have been happening in this market over here 
And these are the changes that are likely to happen based on historical and based on my view of change and all that. And also, as a tour guide, I'm here because I've done X, Y, and Z to get to this tour guide I've never situation. I've heard you use that analogy before, but I quite like that. I, I miss, actually I miss the travelling. I was, <laughs> that, that really resonates with me because mm. we're talking about the democratisation of information means everyone has a voice, right? So you can go anywhere. I want to mm-hmm. go to holidays to wherever. If you go looking for negative information, you'll find it. Yep. You'll find it. Four stars. Some 100 people say five stars. Some people say one star. The one star person typically has an agenda why they've given one star. Mm-hmm. So if you're using your decision making based on the aggregate of a whole bunch of people's opinion is very different to a tour guide saying, this is what happens at this point in time. This is what has happened previously. Mm. This is how history has determined what has happened here today. And don't go down that street because you'll be you'll be mugged. You'll be right. <laughs> you know, it's, no, but like essentially don't entertain buying this type of property if we yep. bring it back to that because it does not work because mm. we tried it, we've been there, or X amount of people have, and you can see the blood on the streets. But equally so- the fundamentals and this has worked and this does work is equally important. Just as important. Yeah. Just as important. Yeah. Okay. So back to basics. So I think what we've affirmed is that information is critical. Information is powerful. Mm-hmm. But the right information and how you use it will shape your success as a property investor. That's fine. So a bit of a, a what if, Victor, for you. Say I'm from the, the planet Mars mm-hmm. and I arrive here in Sydney in Australia and the first person I meet is Victor Kumar. And I go, Victor, I'm from Mars. What do you do for a living? And you say you work in property investment. And mm-hmm. if I go, what is property investment? How does it work? Yep. So you would need to be able to back explain to it. Back to basics. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So you need to be able to explain it in Martian language mm. to begin with, right? Because why would you use earthen language to explain someone that does not understand earthen okay, language, right? So you need to speak Martian. So first off, I need to have Martian knowledge, right? To be able to communicate with you. Otherwise, I'm giving you gobbledygook, which you will interpret your way, Mm. in your own Martian way, and end up at a destination we're not supposed to be, right? Coming back to the tour guide analogy again, right? So that's the first thing that I would ensure that we do. Then we need to obviously find out is, uh, okay, what's your level of intent in terms of property investing. You know, why are you doing this? What's the end result that you're after? And then how many gold rubles have you brought to you from Mars? Or is it kryptonite that you're paying me with mm. to buy the properties, right? So you need to ascertain all of those things. So, you know, if you're talking in terms of real terms, so capital, cash flow, ability to borrow, and what's the end result? Now, the end result isn't the number of properties. It isn't where you're buying. It isn't what everyone else is buying. It's what type of property, what strategy you are undertaking to actually get to what you want out of property investing. And that's what it needs to boil down to. Then the rest is really process work in terms of identifying that where does this scenario fit? Where do we go? Is it you know, right in your backyard? Is it in the next state? Is it in the next suburb? Is it in the next decade that you need to buy because your foundations in terms of financials, foundations in terms of employment is not there yet. So you need to do some basic housekeeping first before you actually get to the execution point of it. Most people want to get to the execution phase really quickly without taking into account the foundations and without necessarily addressing the natural fears. You know, what if it goes wrong? What if it doesn't work out for me? 
what if I can't find the right property for what I'm trying to achieve? Or what if what I'm thinking is simply not achievable or have I tried to underachieve? So we need to address those things because if we don't address those things, what you'll find is that you'll then get distracted by the next bright, shiny thing that you see along the way. Mm. Because again, there's so much information. It is like drinking out of a fire hydrant. So what we need to do to make the information pertinent to you, right? So being pertinent to you so that it slows down to a trickle so you can actually drink rather than drown. And that's what's happening in um, all industries, in fact, but more so in the property industries. There's so much information, both good and bad, that most people don't understand what the next step is. And when you look at, Steve, we were looking at majority of our investors that do make contact with us. The larger portion of our clientele that make the initial inquiry is in their 30s and 40s. And the reason for that, if, if I drill back, and this is me just guessing over here, right? So there's no science behind this. The reason for that is that they've had their fun in their 20s. Now they're stable, they've got a stable career, they've got some money behind them, whether they've got a, you know, a house with some equity or they've got savings. And they're now starting to think of, okay, what next? Particularly with what we have seen with COVID, it's starting to get people to think that, hang on, my job's not as stable. My ability to earn income might not be as stable. So I need to have a secondary plan so that it supplements my income or it allows me to get out of a job and it's not going to happen overnight. Mm. Mm, I agree. I think the intent is there. Mm. And whilst there is so much information around, I wouldn't call it knowledge. No. And so there's a- Huge difference. Yeah. Huge difference. So there's that clueless enthusiasm where it's like, well, I need to do something and- I like that, clueless enthusiasm. mm, And so I just better do something. And I, I often equate that to the sort of, race eight, get out stakes. It's when you're- All in. You're all in on mm. the last race because you need a victory. You always bring back their bookmaking, don't you? you know? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, um, but you tend to spend 45 years in the workforce and mm-hmm. when you retire, 80% of people are not in a position to enjoy that retirement. Now, I know everybody wants to use that as a lever to do something, but it's the truth. Mm. And so as if people aren't preparing themselves for that moment in time, the closer they get to that moment in time, they start to gamble. Yeah. And they start to yeah. take the risks just because they need some comfort in retirement. And usually that starts at around about the 40 to 50 age bracket. Mm. And unfortunately, they're attracted to potentially the strategies or asset classes that have the highest, let's call it profit, in the shortest amount of time. Call it cryptocurrency. Now, mm. Not that I know anything about it, but it's- but This comes back to the way information has changed because if you fall into that bucket, as in- you need to move quickly. You're typically attracted to a information, win. which gives you a quicker win. And this is the difference between information and knowledge. And I'd probably extend it into wisdom, right? You know, using Victor's uh, analogy around a tour guide, I think a tour guide would have wisdom. That's the marriage between mm. knowledge and experience provides wisdom, right? So if you're stuck in this sort of perpetual cycle that you may end up at that 40s and 50s going, I need to make hay because I'm in the exit lounge. It's not getting further. It's getting closer now rather than the other way around. This is when you need to start making those decisions. So you get attracted to the wrong stuff, which typically isn't the basic stuff. So you need to revert back to being connected in and understanding what the basics are. And if you look at that journey, Steve, that a lot of people have, 
when you first chat to them, would you say that most people are reasonably informed about what they need to the Marsh analogy? Are reasonably informed about what the basic tenets of property investment are, as in buy well, hold it, mm, that's make a good money. question. I'd say fifty percent yes and fifty percent no. Mm. And the reason I say no is because the research and the self education that they've given themselves via all these different pieces of you know, knowledgeable education across like all Dr. the different Google, people. right? Most people that's what it is. Trying to diagnose themselves. Yeah. And, mm. and when people start to do that, it's with some pretty good marketing, it's usually around the largest profit in the smallest amount of time. Mm. And it looks well because here's a picture of me, I've done it, and here's 24 other people that have done it recently as well. But it's just not that simple because that strategy, be it successful or not, may not just suit you. It may not suit your risk profile, your financial situation, your goals, where you're going to be in five years and the like. So it's really important that the other side of the coin or the other 50% of people are very well educated. In fact, they may be too educated. And what I mean by that is that- They're overqualified for the job, are they? Yeah, the potentially they're, mm-hmm. they're overqualified to invest. I know mm-hmm. that sounds really, really silly, but we do see that, but not from a term of qualification, but maybe too much knowledge is just as dangerous because it may not be the right type of knowledge yep. as well. Yep, I agree. And when we sit down with um, clients when they first come to us, right? What most people get wrong is the absolute importance of having the right people around you in terms of the team members. So most people tend to talk to brokers they've been comfortable with, they've may perhaps got them their first home loan or their family friend, or perhaps it is another professional that also um, doing mortgage broking as a business as well. And I'm going to relate with you a client I interacted with last week, and it's fresh in my mind, so hence I can relate this with great detail. We had a strategy discussion and he has engaged our services and The first thing I said was that before we get the full strategy, you need to go back to your bank or your broker and um, get a pre-approval. Pre-approval needs to be in one name because we were talking about land tax thresholds and so forth. So long story short, this broker was a family friend and he was insistent on both people being on title because that's what the banks want. And shot back an email to my client basically saying that to which I then called the client up and gave him the words and the jargon to use back so that he could go back and double check, right? So then came the tussle between, okay, no, don't uh, do not do this, talk to your accountant first. And then the accountant, of course, uh, reiterated what I had said in terms of the land tax situation and the ability to hold in one name only, right? So the end outcome was that the same broker with the same bank who three days ago was saying that it could not be done, all of a sudden found a way that it could be done with exactly the same bank with one person on the title and two people on the loan. Mm. It's an important point when you talk about teamwork. Mm. There are so many team players when you're spending millions of dollars potentially and you need to get that team right. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about us, but the team is many. There is your advisor, there is Mm. your broker, there is your accountant potentially a fin planner, a solicitor, pest and building, property manager. The list is long. But the important thing is that they can all communicate with each other without egos and that there's no third-party privacy issues because you've given consent because everybody should be pulling in the same direction Mm -hmm. for you without those little nuances about self-preservation for their own business or whatever it may be. Mm. So to get everyone around the table or the Zoom table 
at certain points in time. It's really important. It's very important. Yeah. And I think that's pertinent what you said in terms of you know getting the basics right because if I play this scenario out in terms of what we are trying to achieve for my client is that we planning to buy a few properties in this particular state and that if we held it in both names then we're capped out mm. within the first one or two properties. So therefore it is really important to get the structuring right and when people start out these are the basics that they fail at right mm. they fail at the ownership structure because they're not thinking long term they're not looking at the bigger picture and they're just simply rolling with the punches in terms of okay this is what they've said so it must be true so is the basics though victor you know what you're talking about is a pretty sophisticated complicated sort of component of the property investment like structure so mm-hmm. is the basics knowing that you've got the right advisor telling you the right thing and trusting that advice. Is that the basics? Or should you know? Or should you know that, oh, okay, if I invest in this state, in this structure, therefore land tax is going to be like, that starts getting pretty sophisticated. It it does. So what you need to do is understand what you're trying to achieve Mm. and allow the advisors to guide you and always seek second opinions. Yeah, I'd look at it a little differently. And I think the very first action step is find out what the possibilities are. Yeah. And yeah. what is possible, there's a few sort of encompassing hurdles that you need to cope with or, or get rid of. And one of them is clearly a goal. The other one is finance. Mm-hmm. And that's just the beginning because the strategy will be determined by the finance capacities and thresholds. Mm. And let's not forget that you might have the capacity to borrow a million dollars, but if you haven't got that type of capital to begin with, the borrowing capacity is useless, is, is irrelevant. And what I see a lot of talking about propaganda within all industries for that matter, but particularly in this one, is that people are having strategies created for them or deploying strategies before they even know what those finance capacities and thresholds are. I'm glad you said that because that's been quite common, right, in terms of you've got a strategy and then go and get finance. But this isn't a game of property. This is a game of finance. Correct. And so a lot of things, T's and I's need to be crossed and Mm -hmm. dotted before you even get to the the strategy creation side of things. So it's not just strategy, strategy, strategy. It's actually finance, finance, finance. Yes. Uh, yep. One of the um, the basics that I think a lot of property investors don't really have a good relationship or appreciation of, Victor, is the relationship between objectives slash outcomes with strategy and then tactics. You know, people hear about what's your strategy, how are you doing it, what are you trying to do? Like most people, like, and no doubt this is part of the planning process you go through when you're trying to uncover, unveil, when someone knocks on your saying, hey, I want to invest in property. I'm mm-hmm. sure you just don't go, well, here's a property, here, go and buy this. No, you would start, no, nothing's you would say, pre-prepared. You would say, why? Yep. So this is the objective. So can you give our listeners a bit of an idea of how to separate and whether or not they're starting out an investment journey or they're a large, they've got a large portfolio already. I haven't met many people who really can break down this very well. So- Objectives, strategy, tactics. Mm -hmm. So I'll pick you up on the why first, right? Mm. If the why is strong enough and clear enough, the how is just easy, right? However, most people get focused on the how rather than the why, which is where they're going on to the tactics first, Mm. right? This is the how. That's the operational part of it. But the foundational part of it is really your strategy and getting ready, so the foundational side of it as well. So getting the first thought of, okay, I need to do something towards my retirement or towards my lifestyle, because not everyone wants to think about retirement, right? Because if you look at someone that's, say, 25, retirement is so far away. 
as opposed to someone that's 55 as an example retirement's right next year uh, yeah. practically it's a good point and tactics is something that changes absolutely you don't change with the market correct you don't go into a game of footy and it, you might have an overarching tactic but those tactics throughout the game will change constantly against who you're playing yeah. correct and depending on the ebbs and flows of how the game is being played so to speak and if we relate that back to this well the ebbs and flow of the game could be something as simple as the ability to get finance today but not tomorrow mm-hmm. or it could be finances easier last year than it is today and so you're forced to change or consolidate for a period of time or even take advantage of different opportunities as they present themselves mm-hmm. but everybody once again i think they everything is in reverse mm. it's the intent with the finance to create the strategy and then the tactics come after. are deployed. But the thing is that most conversations, podcasts, we, we don't necessarily do it, but people normally talk about the tactics. Like you, people get detailed focus when they talk about this stuff. And if you go to a barbecue, people will talk about, I bought this property, bought this property or whatever. So, so going back to this objectives, strategy and tactics, Victor, so your objectives is why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. It might be because I want to retire at 60 and have a comfortable life where I can look after my grandchildren. That could be the why, right? It could be also something as simple as, okay, I'm doing this to create a bit of capital so that I can upgrade my principal place of residence in five years. Mm. Now, that's a different strategy that leads to a different strategy. But your objective, so if you start with the objective, Mm. then that hones down to what strategy you're going to use because the strategy itself pulls in where you're in life, how much capital you've got, the ability to get finance and the ability to make decisions mm. because all of this could play in, but if you are paralyzed and can't make decisions because you're always second guessing yourself, you won't move past that stage. It. But it's truly what you believe though as well. So if we take today as an example with COVID and this crisis, there are a lot of people that are paralyzed by fear because of the what if. Yes. And that's actually quite fair. Yeah, mm. Nobody mm. knows what's happening tomorrow, next year, next week. But if there is that absolute heightened element of fear, then you should do nothing. Mm. You should just wait until you get over your fear or the circumstances change to allow you to do so. But there are also a lot of people in the market, and the data shows this, as does our ground truth, who are just seeing this moment in time as an opportunity because they're not thinking necessarily like a share trader, where's my profit tomorrow? They're not talking short term. They're not talking. This plays into part of their plan or their objective. Their tactics may have changed. In fact, we know a lot of people who have bought forward their purchasing timeline into today's market. Into yeah. today's market as a result of COVID nineteen. So if you listen to this, you can stop, and you can do this at any time. Like it doesn't matter when, and you can write it out and just say objective, strategy, tactics. And you should know this. Like objectives, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing it? And that is a personal thing. Like that is not someone else's objective. That is your objective. The strategy. What do you need to do to achieve your objectives? Write that out. Mm-hmm. And then the tactics. Yep. So the tactical stuff will depend on the market. And the, the finance. The tactical stuff will depend on the finance. The tactical stuff will depend on the economy. The tactical stuff will depend on what's happening in parliament and politics, federal elections. So these are things you can't necessarily control, control mm-hmm. but you can shape how you act to them tactically. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is the foundation. This is the mm-hmm. basic building blocks of being a successful property investor. But you need to be in a position to be able to change tactics, mm-hmm. if you will, by the way that you commence yeah. to begin with, because there, unfortunately there are some people that are now cornered. No matter what happens in the market, they're in a situation where they can't pivot, move, shape, morph, whatever it may be. So you, you want to get it right to begin mm-hmm. with. You want the flexibility to be able to be fluid. Well, the reason why is because tactically, a lot of those people who can't do that bought the wrong properties initially, whether it was a, a house and land development somewhere where they probably paid the right price for it 
which will be worth in 10 years' time, but they've tipped all the money into it, so they're completely stuck when they could have bought a different type of property at a different time. Even if you take away the property in that instance, mm-hmm. their process to begin with was wrong. Their intent was wrong. Everything before that was wrong. They haven't looked at the bigger picture first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. and unfortunately we get to see that time and time and yeah. time well, again. I don't want this to sound sort of Harvard business reviews type stuff, but you know, you, you speak to any entrepreneur, it always goes back to their why. Why are you doing it? Why mm-hmm. are you doing it? And it's okay if someone just goes, because I just want to make a crap load of money and buy a Maserati. Like, fine. If that's your why, that's good. That's, that's your There's why. nothing wrong with that. You can yeah. do that. If that's what makes you happy, knock yourself out. Go for it. And then you've got to build out your strategy and tactics to achieve that. Whether or not your why will make you happy is a completely different podcast. <laughs> I'll nearly guarantee that why will change over time. Oh, it'll, <laughs> it'll probably change pretty quickly, right? But when you sit down with people, Victor, when you first have that engagement or connectivity with them, and no doubt, Steve, you did this with me. You probably asked me, I can't remember, or what my answer was. Why? What's most people's why? It depends. A lot of people regurgitate what they've had. So they haven't actually thought about it. They, they, mm. they latch onto the investment idea, but they haven't brought it back to their personal level. So a lot of times when they do get initially started, the why isn't 100% clear but we are sort of got a, a distant view of the why. But as the journey starts to begin, the distant view starts becoming clearer and clearer because we're now getting more pertinent and relatable to ourselves in, in personal situation as to this is how it's going to impact life. Mm. This is what I really want to achieve out of the investing. And so all of the jargon and the fancy names fall away and it becomes your personal stuff. I agree with that. And if you potentially break it down further, it's always going to be around choice and security. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. The choice to move, the choice to have leave work, the choice to change jobs and the security goes without saying. Security is an underlying connector. They may not know it at the time when they're looking to the future. Deep down, that's choice and security. Security and insecurity will drive most uh, most, most decision making. And this goes back to the why, understanding the why and- and why are you doing it? That's fine. Sometimes investing in property might not be the strategy to absolutely for people to realise their why. Maybe investing in property definitely isn't what they should be doing. They should be using other asset classes to do that, Steve. Or even a combination. Or a combination thereof. Yeah. And yeah. and occasionally we will get someone that we will connect with and have conversations with where their goal might be, in our opinion, too aggressive, which mm. then will need riskier decisions and we won't buy into that. Like we'll be honest, we, we think let's call it a time frame is too short. We'll, we'll say, look, maybe you should need to rethink this. Yeah. But some people are adamant. They want to give that a red hot go to achieve that goal and that mm-hmm. time frame with all the risk around it and we're just not that person. How often do you see, Steve, ego dictating people's whys? That's a good question. Sometimes people will say, I saw that person with – 30 properties or 50 properties or 10 properties, whatever it may be. And I want that. I want to replicate what they're doing. I'm not really sure a lot of the time it's because- It's the brag right, I think. Yeah, yeah. to a degree, or whether it just may, well, they must be very successful because they've got you know, 10, 20, 30 mm. properties or whatever it may be. Or sometimes ego starts to eventuate along the journey, if you will, because buying property can become quite addictive. Mm. And it's like, well- When's my next one? When's my next one? When's my next one? Without really thinking 
of what will that property do for me in my situation, in my portfolio. It's just, well, I've got another front door. Yeah, so they're mistaking action with results. With results. Mm. And and Vic and I were talking about this the other day. Our job is to actually slow people down as much as it is to potentially, when the circumstances circumstances are right, to speed Mm. them up. But I would say that greed and ego are the most deadly combination in any business, let alone property. Mm. So I've got a really favorite saying that I've um, uh, said on other podcasts as well and even here as well, that there's only three things get a portfolio to be detrimental, greed, ego, and plain old stupidity, Mm. right? Nothing else. So if you bring it down to the stupidity part of it, we've all got that in some way, shape, or form in our lives and where we look back and say, why did I even do that? What was I thinking, right? And this is where you get blinded with either not thinking of the consequence or blinded by wrong information, mm. right? So that's what it boils down to. Or operating out of fear. They, they step away from business decisions. Yes, yes, they do. And it becomes more of an emotive mm. decision. And I think we've all made decisions in our lives that we look back and you say, well, that was a stupid moment it's in time. Court experience, well, which, which well, lends it is. itself to knowledge and therefore creates wisdom, right? Correct. No, but that's the truth. And mm. so if we go back to the propaganda piece, mm. You know, choose wisely. Yeah, you know, and Victor's tour guide analogy, which was pretty cool too, by the way. It, <laughs> Have you been working on that for a while? I reckon no, he has. You know what? I reckon I, he has. He's <laughs> probably sort of uh, meditating at <laughs> yeah, night. Like, like, he's, he's got it written up on his pinboard. He's just going to one day I'm going to be able to use that analogy. Property, the property. sage, the sage on top of the mountain. Actually, <laughs> we did a Facebook live last night, and I was fizzing after that, more out of disappointment because we had uh, you know our uh, NBN delivered, not, mm. uh, and so I was fizzing the whole night and. We had cancelled one of our tours that we were going to do of uh, all of Europe. We were going to spend four weeks in a few locations. That's there for Vic last personally, year. not our clients, by the way. Yeah. And Phil puts his hand up. Yeah. And yeah, I'd, I'd really, really need to look at some of those the properties of uh, <laughs> southern France. Uh, yeah. Those Italian yeah. castles. Yeah. And, and I was analyzing, right? Okay. We would set a fairly good agenda and itinerary in terms of going around. And I realized that. The reason we were able to do that, and in comparison to all of my other friends that had gone on those tours, and and ours was very different, was because we'd actually used someone to help book our tour because they had been physically on the ground, and that's what they did Mm. as part of the passion, and and the travel agency was more of a side hustle, right? So that's how this came up. I reckon you should own that analogy. I think it's... I think it's pretty cool, but you got. Works for me. I think something just came into my head. There's obviously different tour guides. You don't mm. want to go on a Kentucky tour. No, you don't. You don't. Yeah, you want to want to go on a one. I think to be on a Kentucky tour. I think I'm beyond that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? But if you relate that back to property, mm. I know of plenty of Kentucky tours. There's plenty of Kentucky tours. Yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. well, let me put you on a plane and fly to this, and I'll meet you here, and we'll do this and sign contracts. There is that. Yeah. Unfortunately, not so much Obviously now. Obviously, a blog for Victor. I want a blog for Smart Property Investment on. The Done. This, this, I, I like. I think it's a really, really, really good analogy that most people can understand and comprehend. Mm-hmm. And because you know, I've done a lot of travelling, and uh, I find it quite tiresome trying to. You know, I'd rather someone just tell me all the good stuff so I don't have to do the bad stuff or make the mistakes on the way. It's the reason why I use a buyer's agent. Yeah, but there are people that you know do want to go off the beaten yeah. track. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And climb yeah. the mountain. 
That's good. By so, themselves. So, um, gents, we're going to wind up, but just quickly, Victor, this um, you do the live thing every week? Or we do every, every fortnight, week, every so fortnight. every second Thursday. So we do a um, live Facebook. So if you haven't found us on our live broadcasts, go to our Facebook page, like or follow our page, and you will get the notifications when we are going live. It is usually on a second Thursday, every second Thursday at 7 p.m. And um, we talk about different topics and just like this podcast it is unscripted and uh, we sit there and uh, share our knowledge and i sometimes make an appearance with the occasional heckle from uh, yes you did you did that was good too. which i get great satisfaction <laughs> <laughs> personally nice one so that's on facebook what's the handle how do they find you it's right property group okay. all right so nice just, one just google that and or we'll chuck that in the show notes yep. as well that's cool that's really good i really yep. enjoyed that nice excellent one. All right. So just to summarize, uh, mm. I suppose we need to really talk about, you know, what are the basics, you know, back to basics. It is really getting down to your why, right? Mm. And um, and then from there, we're looking at the finance side of it first to help them put the strategy, then the operational part, which is the tactics and the on the ground movement happens from there. But it all starts with discovering your why. Mm. And uh, if you really are starting out or if you just got a portfolio started and you, you sort of aren't sure as to in today's market where you're heading with this mm. and how can you tack and change and take advantage of the market whether it is not to buy or to buy reach out to us on questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au and there is a bit of a process because we want to make sure that we've got the right information so that when we give you our time when you sit down with either myself or Steve you do get some strong benefit and our wisdoms and you get our tour guide to property investing so questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au it's very much if you go back and listen to our you know, past podcasts over the last couple of months it's all encompassing around design your decade mm-hmm. this is what we're really referring to mm. except now it's now going to be called Tour guide. Tour guide. <laughs> <laughs> a property tour guide. And, and my recommendation, and, and I'll close with this remark, is find the time. You know, only need 10 minutes, grab a glass of wine, beer, whatever your tipple is, a, a cup of coffee. And on one sheet of paper, write why and then write what and then write how. So your why is your objectives, your what is your strategy, and how is your tactics. And if you spend the time doing that, you'll find it a really cathartic exercise. So when you do actually give these guys a call, you can have a really informed conversation around it because they're going to deep dive into it. So that would be my recommendation. I hope you all enjoyed that. Remember, we're here every single month. Stephen, Investing Insights of the Right Property Group. Just one more thing before we do wrap Mm. up because, and I want to go back to the propaganda piece. There is a lot of people that are spewing out Mm. propaganda. Just choose wisely. Do your research. Make sure they're adequately licensed, that they're qualified property investment advisors and whatever else goes along with it so that at least there's a form of security there for you. I completely agree with you. Yeah, and there's some great um, platforms out there to help you understand whether or not someone is operating in your best interest. And I would start with Pippa. Correct. The Property Investment Professional of Australia, of which Stephen is a board member of. So. Correct. And you can go onto that website and you know dial in your area or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, or whatever service provider you're looking for, and make sure you choose the qualified ones. Nice one. Uh, Investing Insights, Right Property Group. We'll see you again next month. Until then, bye-bye. The information featured in this podcast is general in nature, does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs, and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property, or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you.